let's head to Hawke's Bay. Lots of one-year anniversaries on the horizon right now, marking some devastating events around the country this time last year. Uh, in Auckland, it's one year since the anniversary floods, uh, torrential rain that all came at once, didn't it, one Friday night. I was in a TV studio and we started leaking. We ended up doing the TV show from one corner of the studio. That was the least of Auckland's problems. The um, the buses, we saw that incredible footage of um, water running into buses uh, on the motorway and then, of course, the devastation that it had created around places like Murawai and, and western suburbs became clear over the next couple of days. People in those suburbs... Still suffering, still on that journey, and some of them rightly pretty angry too. Well, in Hawke's Bay and Murawai and Tairawhiti, it'll soon be a year since the devastating impact of Cyclone Gabriel hit. Uh, As always, in the face of adversity, people rise up to overcome obstacles and just get on with it. My next guest is part of a very practical project in Hawke's Bay, retrieving repairing and sanitising some of the horticultural bins that were washed around the area. I say some, there are thousands of things. Andrew Cranswick is with Tumu Timbers. He's been leading the bin clean-up operation and he joins me now. Hi, Andrew. How you going, Jesse? Good. For city folk like me, probably don't even think about bins, horticultural bins, and um, how many there are and their importance. But but tell us uh, about their prevalence in the Hawke's Bay landscape. Well, they they're used a lot in Hawke's Bay, for obviously, normally for picking into, but uh, during the cyclone, they kind of became a bit of the symbol of the cyclone because they washed up everywhere. You know, the sort of a lot of people had the image in their mind of bins on roofs, bins on the side of rivers, bins on the side of the roads, and um, so a real, a real image of the, the cyclone and the yeah. devastation it caused. Is it sort of a, is it sort of a pallet structure? Yeah, bin. So it's a, it's like a pallet with sides on it. So the fruit goes straight into it. Doesn't need to go into boxes or anything to end up in it. So mainly they use for harvesting the crops um, and then taking them to pack houses, and they get put into boxes from there and and head out. Yeah, and there are plenty of them around in your region, eh? Yep, there'd be hundreds of thousands of them around in our region. Okay, uh, how did you get involved with the clean up of these ones? Uh, well, probably firstly, yeah, the business I'm involved in builds bins and we have a good connection with the horticulture and agriculture industry um, and so when we tried to work out what we could do to help, one of the, the practical things we thought we could do was actually um, provide a place for the bins to be dropped and um, we could clean and return them to growers. I think early on after the cyclone I went and visited one of the pack houses and I saw a tractor coming out of the orchard just absolutely covered in mud and I saw bins there covered in mud and I asked the uh, the pack house manager, what what they were going to do, and they just couldn't actually think what to do at the time. Yeah. You know, they were had so many things. They had a crop to harvest. They had sort of trying to assess loss, all these things. And just one thing we thought we could take off their hands. We had had some space here, and we were kindly loaned a bit more space. Um, so we just started collecting the bins and bringing them in and piecing together a plan to to clean them. What is one bin sort of worth to replace? What's the what would be the cost? Around a hundred dollars, oh, yeah. depending on the size here. Yeah. So. Any estimate of how many there were strewn around uh, the bay? Uh, we don't actually know how many were lost, probably in total, but we've collected just under 30,000 and washed and repaired and, and sent them back. Gosh. So, yeah, quite a, quite a large number. So you're probably looking at around $3 million to replace that if, if they couldn't be used again. Yeah, and I guess it's just that they are so light that they got picked up by the floodwaters and, and light and big, so they're noticeable, but also um, they move fairly quickly and fairly easily. Yeah, it was probably just part of the timing. So before the before the 
apples are harvested. They put the bins all out in the orchards ready to go. So any orchard that um, that got flooded probably lost their bins or had their bins washed mm. away, or at least the bins got filled with silt. How hard were they to clean up? Um, they varied. I sort of kept an eye on the guys, and you like to sort of see what they're getting through a day and hope they're, they're cracking on with it. But some, some bins would come in and they'd be filled, you know, almost the top with silt. Gosh. Now the ones would just have a light dusting. But the ones that were filled to the top with silt, almost had to get in there with shovels and shovel all the silt out and tip it up on its side and, and water blast. And so, the, yeah, pretty physical work. The guys are on water blasters sort of eight, nine hours a day. Um, the water blasters, I think we've gone through, we had four water blasters and we've destroyed two of them and they're <laughs> really, really high-end water blasters that, and they're probably going every two or three weeks for major repairs so it's, it's been pretty physical hard work to, to get them clean. Yeah, but you can do it. Yeah, they can be done and um, then the second part was actually sanitising them and we originally thought we had to do that with some chemicals but a lot of research has shown that actually just time in the sun so getting it done early and, and water blasted and, and physically looking clean and then just having time in the sun is what's needed to get them back to their original state. Gee, that's good news isn't it? Yeah, no, it's been great news, and the process of actually trying to chemically sanitise them was was going to add an, a, another layer of a lot of work. So it was really good that we could actually just get them physically clean and let the sun do the work. Yeah, and are they out and back out in the community? Given that it's presumably harvest time, well, a lot of those um, a lot of those farms, of course, will be ruined. But for people who are about to harvest apples and things, are any of your bins out there being used again? Yep, no, they're pretty much all gone back so there's probably the last couple of loads we're rolling out today and Monday and then that's all the bins done. Gosh great feeling? Yeah it is it's, um, it is a, a great bit of work to have done and just to see the impact that it has had and, and knowing the, the saving from what we've actually had to put into it, um, it is a, a very good feeling. Yeah that's just one aspect of the clean up eh? but a very visible one and, uh, and a pretty constructive one too when we talk about getting back on track economically Yeah absolutely yep. so it's, uh, the initial the initial sort of getting that distraction and the, the sort of reminder, I guess, of the floods away from the growers and then returning something back and even just the little things like fixing up any boards that were broken and they get a, a good bin that will hopefully last them a, a long time into the future back. And um, I guess for them the satisfaction of picking hopefully a great crop into them this year. Yeah, awesome. Do you know much about this year's, um, I was going to say vintage, this year's growing season? Um, yeah, a little bit. I think it's... Early signs are good, but I think everyone's just holding their breath and waiting to till the fruit's actually picked and in the bins. That um, the season has been a little bit later, and trees have been through a lot of stress over the last mm. last year. So I think it's sort of one of those ones that um, signs are looking good, but people will be really happy when the fruits in the bin and ready to be packed. Tell us about your own February 2023, Andrew, and, and your family. Um, we actually were in Auckland for the Ed Sheeran concert, and I remember we were leaving, and we were the last car across the bridge because the Harbour Bridge because they were shutting. We were staying with friends up in Walkworth. Yeah, we sort of wished them luck to prepare for the cyclone, and we high fived ourselves, thinking we got back to Auckland and we're going to be relatively unscathed. So we were um, weren't overly prepared for the the devastation that came through. Um, where, where we live, we were away from the coast and elevated, so no real damage, just sort of the they wake up in the morning and, and can't go anywhere because so many trees are down and things. And then I guess as the day day went on, um, you, the sort of devastation unfolded. I, I came into work, so I was lucky to have power at work and could sort of keep in touch with what was going on around the country. But um, there weren't many people that could 
communicate in Hawke's Bay, and that was probably the hard thing, not really knowing how, how bad it was for the first day or so. Yeah, I remember it. It was incredible. Um, and I guess there are still signs. Last time I was in Hawke's Bay, when was that? A couple of months ago, there was still sort of spray painting on buildings and, you know, signs of what had happened 12 months ago. Yeah. I mean, I think the Esk Valley sort of, it didn't look too different for the first two or three months. There's probably a lot of stuff happening, but just along yeah. the side of the road, there were still vehicles, there were still um, apple trees and grapes silted to the top of the posts. And um, there's been a lot of effort, and you can really notice a difference going through there now, but it, it sort of stays almost unchanged for what felt like a, an eternity. Uh, we should mention the Evergreen Foundation. Who are they, and what have they had to do with the clean-up? Uh, so the Evergreen Foundation, a, um, a charitable organisation set up by the O'Sullivan family, who are the owners of Tumu Group. Um, the charity's been set up for a while, and it, it sort of has two main purposes, which are hardship and education. But post the cyclone, there was a real need for um, for things to be done, I guess. And so Evergreen Foundation set up a specific cyclone relief fund and started taking donations with a specific um, tag to, to, to go towards causes. And um, over the yeah, of course, the last year they've managed to raise just over $3 million, which nearly all of it's been redistributed into projects. Okay. The uh, beauty of it is it's quite a, a flat structure. They set up an independence grant committee, but decisions could be made quickly. And at the start of the, well, straight after the cyclone, things needed to be done quickly, and there wasn't really time to go through a lot of bureaucracy. So the immediate um, actions for the foundation, I guess, were to, to help out those in immediate need, you know, farmers without fuel or no access to food. And so... It was a real sort of immediate drive to help those people. And then over time, um, the sort of the, the need's still there and it's working with people that are doing things and just giving them the little bit of help they need to get it done. So um, Evergreen Foundation's really partnered with a lot of local people that are doing good things. And there's probably been a couple of core um, core projects they've been involved in. One's the bin sanitisation, so they've provided the funding to get all those bins cleaned. Um, the other projects have done a lot with education. So um, Hawke's Bay relies, it's particularly the rural community, rely on boarding schools. Mm. There's a lot of isolated communities. So um, there was a lot of work done to keep those families connected with the schools, get kids home for holidays because the road to Gisborne wasn't open or wire so those kids couldn't get home. So a lot of work was done to help and support um, boarding schools. And then there's been a lot of work in just in terms of the general silt cleanup. So um, supporting as a a lot of goodwill in the community and a lot of people from outside the community that come in to help. And so Evergreen's done things to facilitate that, I guess. So there's a silt clean-up crew that are going through houses and cleaning up all the silt and getting them ready to either be relived in or to salvage what's in there. And um, that relies heavily on people coming from out of town and, and volunteering their time, but we are able to provide them with some tools and things like a vehicle and a digger and, and just basic equipment so they could get on and do that work. Do you expect the next 12 months will be a bit more normal for you? Um, it'll be more normal than the last 12 months, yeah. but um, it's, there's still a lot of clean-up to go, and there's still a lot of recovery. The, um, I guess the thing for the horticulture cycle is that the loss isn't just what's happened now. In some cases it is. There's fruit that's been lost, but uh, there's where the, where the trees have washed away, there's the, the clean-up, the replant, and then the long wait for those trees to become productive. So there will be an impact for a very long period of time in Hawke's Bay. There's still a lot of just clean up, so people haven't been able to get through all the houses. You know, there's still decisions around or final decisions around zoning and things. So there's there's still a big impact in Hawke's Bay, and, and we'll feel that for for a number of years going forward.
But we think, you know, things things feel more normal this year than last year for most. There will still be people that won't feel more normal, the ones that have been sort of, you know, displaced from their houses or their their income still aren't back. But um, I guess as a region, it's feeling more normal, but we realise it's a long way to go. Great to meet you. Well done this project. Thanks, Jesse. Andrew, Andrew Kranzuk of Tumu Timbers, who's led the project to uh, retrieve, rebuild and clean 30,000 horticultural bins worth about $3 million.